And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley as we begin a Thursday. Gary, what do you know? Well, I know that I, at least I don't, we don't have to start the show today with balloon talk. Not that we won't have balloon talk, but we don't need Yeah, we got lots of balloon talk coming up yeah but but, um, just there's there's some other news out there like Mm. uh like this yesterday Mm. okay um, it was for a strong america for a proud america i am running for president of the united states of america so nikki haley is in all right and, you know, we, this started because I was like, when did this start? It started in 2012 where you and I started looking at presidential candidates jumping in. And uh, we went, hmm, you need to make it look bigger. And yeah. it was really focused on, you know, Gary Johnson when mm-hmm. he decided to run. He was like on a stage on a street. It seemed like there were 10 people there. Yeah. And then Michelle Bachman did the same thing yeah. when she ran. Yeah. And it was just like, why you? Why do you bother if you can't make it look big? Nikki Haley made it look big. Yeah. I was so bad with uh, uh, Gary Johnson that people walking by were putting coins in a bucket in front of the stage. <laughs> no, no, no that's, that's not what's going on. It's appreciated, but uh, no, that's not what this yeah. is. And we just said, well, don't bother running for president unless you're going to make it big and... Uh, when when she announced yesterday, the video was like, eh, ho hum. Yeah, you don't want to yeah. start with the video. You start, you know. She uh, as and this is when we put our political consultant's hat on and it's like, what do you what do you do? You make it look big, no matter what. Like there is a ton of excitement mm-hmm. about you running. Yeah. You get and it wasn't an extremely large place that she was in, but it was it was the length of the place. Looked like it was, you know, there was glass around it. It was, it was very long. So you mm-hmm. looked at it, and there, you know, were people all over the place, and they yeah. were loud. Yeah. And then there was a ton of people behind her. Yeah. So you right. saw the long view of the camera, and you're like, well, oh. 
And when she started, you know, when she said, my parents are, you know, immigrants, place went crazy. Anything, yeah. it was like on cue, anything, any point that she wanted to make was accentuated by the crowd going crazy. That's what you do in politics. Yeah, um, it felt like the crowd was actually excited. I'm guessing that they were that they yeah. were friendlies, and that's what you do. Right. Uh, there's right. been the, the talk about it, you know, for her running, I don't know, for years. Um, but especially, you know, after her run at the U.N. Uh, as U.N. ambassador. Um, and I think, you know, and and I saw a lot of stuff today, Trump uh, talking to Fox News Digital and, and saying, look, you know, if she wants to run, she wants to run. I mean, she said she would never run against me, but that's fine. If she wants to do it, I want people to do what they're going to do, the more the merrier. And, you know, this is the the thing is, is that you've got to make it look like you mean it. And you've got to make it look like there has been this calling for you to run. That's part right. of it. Right. No, that's a great point. You know, and, and that because if that the imagery there is if there's this calling from the grassroots yeah. for her to run for president yes. of the United States in the Democrat, excuse me, in the in the Democrat, <laughs> in the Republican Party. Right. Now, uh, I don't sense that's true in any form or manner, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter. That's the image that you put forth because your goal is to convert people. Yeah. You would convert the mindset that I have where, well, nobody's really asking for her to run. This is really mm. for Republicans. When you, there was and, and talk about it, but it wasn't this calling. It wasn't a grassroots. No, and, it wasn't. And, and, you know, you could say that, I don't know, collectively over the years, there may have been a calling, I guess, for a Donald Trump. More of an asking at the end of every interview. Are you going to run one day? Are you mm-hmm. going to run one day? That kind of thing. Um, but you could make the case more... More so for him. Well, no, but when he announced, it was there. Yeah. When he announced he was going to run in, in 2015, it would have been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was there. Mm-hmm. It, it was there at that point. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, DeSantis is there and hasn't even announced he's going to run. Right. And and so you can, you know that it's there, that there's a grassroots of the Republican Party. I haven't sensed it for, for Nikki Haley, but... It doesn't matter. It's a long time out. You have no idea what's going to happen in politics. So you you do you do everything. And this is you and I have the same philosophy in politics. You do everything as if you're down by 27 points. Yep. Oh, wait, she is. Uh, <laughs> well, no, it, no, but it, this early but, in the, uh, I guess, announcement season, do everything like nobody's ever, uh, fight like everybody's no, that nobody's right. ever heard of you. And, and that's the idea. Um, you know, for Gary Johnson, it was actually the truth. And so when you, <laughs> when you look at it, uh, you know, and that's the thing I told you in the pre-show meeting, look, you, you know, he had successfully won an election, uh, for governor. And so the reason I brought him up is the comparison she had too. She had served as governor, and so these are the things you look at. I mean, can you get an entire state? But well, that's the thing with um, Ron DeSantis is not only can he win an election, can he lead his party, you know, within his jurisdiction? And I think mm-hmm. the clear answer for him is yes. And can he also bring people uh, in from outside the party? And in Florida, so far, we've also learned that the answer is yes. So these things, you know, you want to demonstrate 
but you want to go out there and you have you have that enthusiasm in place uh, and that excitement in place, and then see where it goes. Uh, I, I still think the video needs some work. Um, I I honestly don't know what you do right now, except for it, it would be a, it would be a much shorter video. I I know the idea of the bio and everything else, and she kind of did the bio, you know, in in her announcement yesterday as well, but. Honestly, things right now are so clear cut as to what is wrong, all the problems that are wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think where you want to start is get the appeal that, you know, I am. It, I, I understand it's we're not even into the primary yet, but you want to go after Joe Biden in a big, big way. The things that are broken and you want to point them out and you want to be very clear and you want to be excited as to what your solutions are going to be right now. Her big problem is not. Again, as political consultants, you can only look at what you do today yeah, because tomorrow right. could be completely different. Yep, yep, let's yep. let's say DeSantis doesn't run and let's say the Justice Department indicts Trump and right. and the the evidence is slam dunk mm-hmm. and he loses a ton of support in the Republican Party because they don't believe he's electable. All of a sudden, Nikki Haley is sitting there with this excitement behind her because she's you know uh she's you know that was in uh she was in uh, south carolina yesterday but there she is in south carolina and then every day she's somewhere else or every other day she's somewhere else and the crowds are out there and you set it up right where there's always people behind you and you put that sense of excitement that's what you know that's what i would that's what i would tell her she has to do Mm. as a political consultant but it seems like especially how i didn't like the video i'm i'm with you we said that yesterday the video now you don't go off with the video you you start out with you start out with this and then everything else afterwards any commercial that you do because that video was a commercial it's a political commercial yeah uh you have a little bit more exciting uh you have a little bit more exciting music and what you have to do the problem with nikki haley right now is when you look at trump and when you look at desantis we're in the primary, okay? Yeah, you've got you've yeah. got to, you, uh, but it is what Republican will really, if they get into the 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 office of President of the United States, which one just isn't talking about what they do, what they will do, and then when they get into being president, negotiating with the Democrats on everything, and you end up being an extremely wishy washy president. That's not what the Republican Party wants. Mm-hmm. And that's what you got to worry about in the primary. Mm-hmm. Who will actually do things? And when you look at it, there's only two people that fit that bill right now in the Republican Party, and it's Trump and DeSantis. Yep. Because that's what I believe. Yep. I think it's simple right now what it comes down to. Now it could change next week or next month or two months from now, but that's right now. I believe it's simple. I don't think it's complicated where Republicans are uh, uh, right now. It is complicated where Democrats are because – Nobody is, you know, they are so radical. They are so radical that they really can't moderate in any way. Well, and I think, too, uh, you mentioned something yesterday that on the current political front in the current fight, you know, DeSantis is in. He's made moves against the the far left and the radicals and even major corporations within his own state that jumped on board with the radicals. uh, Speaking of Disney. And those are the things that right now I think people are paying attention to. Trump fought some battles on on a number of fronts, and and he 
He actually, in his interview yesterday with Fox News Digital, was talking about his accomplishments as president and everything else. And I, I thought, well, man, if you stay on those, you know, five or six points that you made in the interview about your accomplishments, I mean, that's going to help you. If you repeat those and remind people of those, that's going to help you. Certainly on the economy, that's, I think, the edge that he gets over DeSantis because he's been there and been able to convince the, the mm-hmm. uh, his party and, and brought his party to the point of, you know, uh, much lower corporate taxes, which is a good thing, and and bringing that economy around. So those are the things, the, the, the pluses and the minuses, you know, the pros and cons there. And it's funny because I was telling you during a break yesterday morning, um, somebody had written the article that Nikki Haley will be officially announcing, you know, in the morning. And uh, this was yesterday, last night on yesterday, during yesterday's show. Uh, but she has, you know, during the primary season, she has Tim Scott to contend with. And I thought, no, that's not really. Oh, no, yeah. One. It's, you, it's, you brought that up. You know, it's like, what are you talking about? I mean, I know that if, you know, if Tim Scott gets in officially and, and many believe he's going to, uh, you know, it looks like he's he's preparing to. Um, then, then of course he'll be one of those that she has to go up against. But he's he's not the one she has to beat. Uh, the one she has to beat is right now is Donald Trump, and so you know, um, and it's going to remain that way until the point uh, if it happens, uh, Ron DeSantis gets in. That's just those are the two giants right now in the GOP uh, for twenty four. Well, you know, she's saying it generically, but the one consistent that you can see over the last couple of weeks when you know it again people knew that she was going to run mm. is the fact that she's attacking the age yeah and she's yeah. and and remember yeah. it's not just you know she may say you know uh that uh she said here's a uh, uh, a tweet yesterday we won't win the fight for the 21st century if we keep trusting politicians from the 20th century i'm like wow but that's actually we're in primary season that's an attack on trump that trump's too old yeah, it, right. it yeah. you would assume it means Biden. Yeah, but for her, it also means Trump is too old. Right. Yeah. You know, you need yeah. we need right. young people in there. And uh, again, when you look at any of the, any Republican, the the Democratic Party is so radical left that any Republican president would be an improvement. Yeah. But in yeah, the pri- sure. but in the primary, yeah. there are those five or six issues, including the economy and all the cultural issues and the border and everything else and crime that people look at and they say, are you really going to do it or are you just saying it? Right. That's what got Trump into office yeah. is people believed he was actually going to do it. And when he got in there, he tried to do it. Of course, you're limited in the executive branch. Mm-hmm. But if he could have built the wall, he would have built the wall. He, he, if he could have, you know, <laughs> if it was truly as the Democrats thought when he was in office, uh, an autocracy, well, mm-hmm. then the wall would have been built. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> because because he wants to do it. And that's the same people also believe, because of what DeSantis does, that if DeSantis says it, he's going to do it. There's big question marks. Nikki Haley, I have no idea whether she would do it or not. Right. She might, but right, right. But you're to the point of no, I wanna I wanna pick the person who I'm sure is going to go to you know, is, is going to push it and actually go to try to accomplish those things. Well, you know, we go back to 2008 and John McCain with, fight with me, fight with me. Well, the problem was is that John McCain's definition of fight when it came to, and this has nothing to do with his war experience, but his experience in the Senate, then it wasn't a fight at all. It was to cross the aisle and get something done for the Democrats. That's, That's 
what that meant for him. But if you look at if if Ron DeSantis comes out and says, I want you to fight with me, you know what it means. And it's a different definition. And those are the things that you want because Ron DeSantis has fought for his state. He's he's made it clear. I think Donald Trump uh, in his moves as president has fought to bring this country around in terms of of uh, uh, the economy. You know, I, I think you bring up a great point, though, when you say that when you when you talk about the economy, if you're just talking issues here, right, not personalities. Right, right. But if you're talking on the issues that Trump does have that advantage on the economy. Yeah. People look and go, OK, it was better back then with DeSantis. Florida may be doing OK, but they know that, again, it's. What do I believe I have more confidence in when it yeah. comes to the economy? Right. You yeah. can look and go, okay, you you might say, well, maybe he'd do better, but I don't believe he's electable and we got to win. That's right. the thing. Right. But if right. you take that out of it and just say, okay, who has the edge in the economy? It has to go to Trump. It has to. That's yeah. it's, a, it's a proven record. Yeah. 866-90-RED-EYE. Tires command a lot of attention. As a top expense for drivers and a leading cause of CSA violations, any tire maintenance practice that can help extend tire life is worth consideration. Consider tire balancing, which can set you up for savings and a smoother ride before your tires touch the highway. Tire balancing corrects an uneven distribution of weight in tires and wheel assemblies and offers benefits like improved fuel economy, increased tire life, and reduced vibration. Unusual shaking in the seat, cab, or steering wheel is a warning sign your tires might need to be balanced. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Hey, drivers, Eric Harley here. Today, I want to talk to you about CatScale. Most of you have heard about CatScale's guarantee, but did you realize they guarantee axle weights and the gross weight? That's right. If you weigh legal on a CatScale and then get an overweight citation, CatScale will pay you back for the fine or go to court with you. Now, that's a guarantee. Besides the guarantee, the people at CatScale have been working on some other things to make life easier for you. Many of you are already using their Weigh My Truck app to weigh your loads. Super easy, right? For you drivers out there who aren't, let me tell you, download this app. It's a huge time saver. Simply set up an account at weighmytruck.com or ask your company to do it. And then you just pull on the scale, open the app, follow the screens, and within a matter of seconds, you are weighed and you'll see your weights right there on your phone or tablet. That's it. You're done. You'll also get a locked PDF copy of the scale ticket emailed to you. Weighing doesn't get any easier than that. If you want to know more about the Way My Truck app, go to WayMyTruck.com or give CatScale a call, 877-CATSCALE. Their help desk is always open. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. The mainstream media just pounding uh, Nikki Haley. Mm. Uh, just uh, reading here from Newsbusters, hammering Haley, CNN, MSNBC, screech over Nikki refusing to smear America as racist. Yeah. And because right. she came out, she said, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a woman, I'm yeah. a minority, I have immigrant parents. 
and the United States is not a racist country. Right. And so they immediately just were pounding uh, 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 on her. But it's, you know, this is something that we have that we have talked about before. Why is the left so insistent that we are a racist country? We know that the Democratic Party wants to use racism because they wish to divide people. We talked we last couple of days we've talked about the Georgia election law and how the Democrats, you know, were able to get Major League Baseball by lying about what the law was about. They got Major League Baseball and corporations to all rise up against Georgia and the law is still the same and now you've got a ton of Democrats wanting the Democratic National Convention in Atlanta and after all the different post-election polling came out and the polling on voter ID uh everybody is satisfied blacks yeah, whites yeah. everybody is satisfied yeah. with yeah. the with with uh how it is to vote in uh, in Georgia right. and and so you wonder why are they so insistent well they're the party that believes in identity politics you had that Georgia state senator yesterday calling Clarence Thomas and Uncle Tom yep they voted to you know have a statue for him right uh, and as we all know, if you're a conservative black, you're viewed as, as a Georgia state senator said, the Democrat, you're an Uncle Tom. Right. You're not truly black. Right. They believe, Democrats believe the country is racist for a very legitimate reason. They are. Yeah. That's it. That's how they believe. That's, that's what how they, they believe. And they cannot, cannot for a moment have people coming together and getting along. Join the conversation. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. 866-90-RED-EYE. So I think there's a great opportunity for Republicans here. You know, we've talked about all the issues that exist out there. Mm-hmm. Can the Democrats win long term on open borders? No. No, you can't. You can't. Can the Democrats win long term on the belief that we can run our grid on solar and wind? No, long term, no. They can't win that long term. Why? Because what's happening now is reality. Their abstract concepts are coming up, coming, uh, you know, right, being confronted by uh, reality. I saw a, a story, I've got it here in my pile somewhere. Mm hmm. Uh, that, um, uh, you know, in uh, in California, the energy bills now, people are going crazy about it. Yeah. Can the Democrats win long-term on defunding the police? No. You saw that the one congresswoman that, you know, came out yesterday against, you know, all the defunding the police and everything else was part of that. Yeah. You saw that. Right, it, yeah. Uh, talking about her ties to defund the police but then she's attacked, and it's like, what in the world's going on here? This needs to to stop. On all the major issues that we talk about, the Democrats are facing reality, and that includes on climate, you know, 
uh, energy, climate change, whatever. A uh, uh, study out we'll get to a little bit later on in the show uh, uh, on um, on uh, the now the projection for temperature increases, which are a lot less than they were saying. Mm-hmm. And so all of that will hit the reality of somebody has to pay for it. And that's why long term it won't uh, it won't work for them. So on every major issue, the problem for Democrats is reality. So what does that leave them? That leaves them one issue that they have used consistently since I've been a radio talk show host. Mm -hmm. And that is that the Republicans are racist. Yeah, right. They can never find, you know, you you can find an individual anywhere that might be a racist that might claim to be a Republican. But there's nowhere where they can prove that the Republicans are racist. And so they say things like, well, it's a code word. Yeah. I would hit that if I was the Republican Party. It's time to dismantle because it has been effective for Democrats over the last 30, 35 years using that consistently. They've repeated that lie over and over and over again. Well, what the Republicans have to do is pound on the truth. Everyone knows there isn't anybody listening. There's not one Democrat right now that doesn't that doesn't uh, know that identity politics by judging people by groups and not an indiv- and not as an individual. Everybody, every single Democrat knows that's what leads to racism. Mm-hmm. You stereotype people, right? Who does that? Who is the po- and this is what Republicans should be saying? Who has the mainstream pol- policy of identity politics? They should go right after the fact of of uh, the liberal black leadership in this country. They should go directly to the bigotry and the racism promoted by the liberal black leadership in this country. Right. That conservative blacks are somehow Uncle Tom, that all blacks must think alike. These are the things Republicans should say. Mm -hmm. You see it right now. The only thing that they have left. Because racism will always be an abstract thing. Well, are you racist or are you not? Right. Well, unless you actually come out as the Democrats have and publicly, you know, for example, the Georgia State Senator yesterday that uh, Clarence Thomas, because he has conservative views, is an Uncle Tom. Mm-hmm. What he is stating is all blacks must think alike. All whites must think alike. That's the critical race theory. And whites are racist. Right. And therefore, it's whites against blacks. Real society doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't. The the politics of the Democratic Party work like that. And this is this. There has never been a better opportunity for Republicans because every all the major issues that Democrats have been promoting, every single one of them are now buttressing up against the reality that in the real world, they don't work. Now it's time to take racism and throw it right back in their face. Now, we've always stated, we've been on the air now going on 18 years since July, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We've always said, they're the, we've always said it, they're the bigots, identity politics. It's obvious. And they're blunt about it. And so yeah. this is an easy thing for Republicans. It's not hard. We've been doing it every single day. I've been doing it since, you know, uh, since I've been a talk show host, you know, back in, in 89. Well, wait a minute. You're the ones that are judging people by groups. That's what gets you to racism. That's stereotyping. Mm-hmm. Basically, everybody has to be alike. 
And when the liberal black leadership and the Democratic Party puts out that message that all blacks must think alike, what they're saying is you, you want racism. What they're saying is blacks don't have the ability to be individuals and be autonomous and have come to their own conclusions. Everything must be based on their skin color. That if you think a different way, that if you vote a different way, there is someone in control of you or there's something wrong with you. Right. That, that, you, it, that you don't have the ability right. to either control your own mind or if you do, that there's something wrong with you. And by the way, we'll see this ramp up if Tim Scott announces no. you're going to see this go to the, uh, the the highest degree. This is uh, when he announces this is going to be everywhere in the liberal media. And, and by the way, they refer to him, the, the liberals call him, and they have in the past, Uncle Tim. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's so oh, he's, blatant. Yeah, he's been, he's been attacked consistently. Yeah. And, and you're going to you're going to see it over and over and over again if he announces. It will be that will be I think one of these stories and I'm hoping that that uh the 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 people in the um uh conservative media are are going to focus on that. I'm sure that they will. I I think the 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 biggest thing there is I remember when I became a talk show host and uh someone told me that was in the business and and talk talk radio modern talk radio was in its infancy because mm-hmm. I got in in eighty nine mm-hmm. and I think Rush went national in eighty eight maybe mm-hmm. and so it was in its infancy it really was mm-hmm. and I uh, I remember a talk show host told me just stay away from race you don't want to talk about race mm-hmm. why not I'm a talk show host mm-hmm. of course I'm going to talk about race mm-hmm. why wouldn't I talk about race. Nothing bigoted about me. Right. I, you know, I, I don't judge by skin color. I judge by your brain, your brain, your heart, your soul. That's what I judge. Your character. That's what I, that's how I judge people. I always have. It's the way I was brought up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can say, you know, and, and I'm sure that would be attacked if I was talking to a liberal. No, you don't even know your bigotry. Well, no, you're saying that because you're a bigot. And you think that way, mm-hmm. so you think I think that way. Well, I don't think this that way. It's time for Republicans. The biggest mistake Republicans have always taken is they haven't been on the attack on race. Right. They've always been on the defensive. Don't be on the defensive. Throw it right back in their face. The bigots in this country, and it's obvious. It's absolutely obvious. And that's why, you know, this week we've talked about the Georgia election law a couple of times, and we did last week when the polling comes out. Mm-hmm. They lied about it. They lied to cause to 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 cause racial divisiveness. <laughs> <laughs> but they that's that's why they did it. Right. And as I and, and we've been very blunt. That's what leaders of the KKK did and white Aryan nation leaders did. Right. They lied about something concerning race in order to hopefully get people of one particular skin color to hate people of the other particular skin color or be envious and jealous of that. Mm-hmm. And that's what the mainstream of the Democratic Party is about. And you saw it yesterday going after Nikki Haley and you saw it going after Clarence Thomas. It's time for Republicans to go on the attack and point out the true bigots and racist in our society and explain to the American public how it's not just 
you know, the you have to be individually, you have to think that way. But all these individuals with the like mindset of judging people by groups and not individuals all belong, and it's mainstream and institutionalized inside the Democratic Party. When the Democrats came out and said systemic racism throughout our society, we said absolutely. Because the half the people in this country that follow one political party are following a political party, the Democratic Party, that admits and is blunt, we're bigots. Yep. We judge people by groups and not individuals. Right. And they're so bold where they say, if you don't do that, then you're the bigot and racist. Right. They've completely flip-flopped, you know, the the philosophy of what racism actually is. Mm. But then again, they did that with fascism, too, with with Antifa. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) We're anti-fascist. No, you're the fascist. You're you're actually being a fascist. We're anti-racist. No, you're actually the racist. It's time for Republicans to go on the attack. Stop being on the defensive. But there has been an intimidation from the left that we can only talk about race. You can't. We can be blatant about it. And demonstrate our own bigotry. But and if you do, we'll shut you down and have you canceled. No, if, if if you attack us, if you attack us, the way you made it sound was that if Republicans don't can't show their own bigotry. No, no, no. If the Republicans talk about race. Race, yes, exactly. If they race. talk about race, right. we'll have you shut down. Right. We can sit here and be blatant. You bring it up, we'll shut you down. Correct. But, well... They tried it with how many stand-up comics? Mm-hmm. They tried it with uh, how many? In, in fact, they were successful. How many times were they? It where corporations said, "Well, we're not going to," and they backed away from it. Well, Major League Baseball. Yeah. Think about that. And it based on an entire lot. state. We know it's not true because the Democratic Party is having their convention. In that same state. Well, they're not having it. They want it. They want it in that. Many want it. Yeah, Yeah, they're they're trying to book their convention in that state. Why would they do that? By the way, is any other state being talked about like Georgia's being talked about? No. They brought it up first. Why? That's the racist state. You don't want to go there. The GOP that leads that state is racist. We're not doing business there. Oh, let's have our convention there. And we know it's the case. Yeah. And, you know, we, we, because they've been blunt about it. Tim Ryan brought it up again after the midterm election. We have to stop with our identity politics. What is identity politics? It's judging people as a group by skin color instead of individuals, instead of autonomous individuals that have the freedom of choice and have a brain to do their own thinking. The Democratic Party doesn't want that. All the other issues, that's why I I believe this is the time right now Mm -hmm. because all the other major issues that Democrats have lied about now are hitting up against reality. And reality is going, we can't do this. It's now time to take away the last thing that Democrats have, which which they shouldn't have because Republicans have been afraid to attack. You attack. They're the bigots. 
They're the racist. They admit it. And they're not, not only are they not changing, they're, they're going further in that direction. Yep. Uh, it's only a matter of time before, you know, Chuck Schumer is out of power. He's going to be gone. And in the House, we already see that the, they want the radicals in charge. They want the radicals leading the party. But there's that's how the party itself is radical. You could say you might be able to make the argument that there are players in the party, members of the party, that are on Capitol Hill that aren't radical. Doesn't matter. They lay down and go with the flow. They they go along to get along, and you're part of it if you do that. And it goes all the way to the top, including the, especially when you when you talk about this, you must point out that it includes the current president. Yes, it does. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Eric and Gary for the Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier. This is the time to get one, Gary. The BOGO is back. Buy one, get one. You're going to love your Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier. It destroys odors quickly. No more odors. And this is... It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that would be my advice to uh, Republicans. It's time to start attacking, be on the offense on race. It's never been mm-hmm. clear, mm-hmm. you know, the, the blatant bigotry of the Democratic Party, which is institutionalized in the party and systemic with uh, identity politics. And everybody knows it. It's the most well-known thing out there that Republicans, for some reason, will not be on the offense about an attack and attack hard. And yeah. and it's very easy. I hate racism. And the Democratic Party has been blunt about it for too long. And it's time. I hate bigotry. I hate racism. And the Republican Party should promote the daylights out of it and go after them. Yep, I agree. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, 86690-RED-EYE. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome. Thanks for being here this morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today and you can listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. Well, retail sales you saw were up 3% in January. Mm. Yeah, a little bit of panic over that one, isn't right. there? Yeah, um, you know this is the problem. If if they if if the economy is too hot, and this is why a lot of people believe that the Fed may make a a higher jump on the interest rates in the next move, 
Um, you know, if that's the case, then again, how far are they willing to go with those increases? And they need to get above, but many believe, uh, the, the analysts that I've seen, I, I think Lawrence Summers is one of them, uh, former Obama advisor, who has said that they clearly need to be at six or above on the Fed rate, and we're not there yet. And But if there are three more rate increases this year, and they are each at a half a point, we get there. We get to six. Mm-hmm. So we know I, I know that I was uh, reading an article the other day. I don't know if it was Wall Street Journal or CNBC or whatever mm. saying expect at least two more half a point that yeah. gets you into the five and a half. Well, and, and that's the a, six range at that point. And, and that's aligned with what they were saying last year. They said, OK, in in 23, there could be, you know, three increases. So it looks like on the books right now. They're planning three, which means only two more, uh, you know, after the one that they've already done, which is only at uh, 0.25. And so if you do two more and get us to, I think this week, the Fed rate is, uh, the target rate was 4.5 to 4.75. And I think this week it's hovering right around that 4.75 mark. You still don't get us to six. And so here's the, the, I guess the question I would have for an economist or someone like a Lawrence Summers who looks at this stuff and say, and, and my question would be, all right, so they get, let's say we get close to six. We get to 5.75 by the end of the year. Is that going to do enough? And if it is doing what economists believe it needs to do, then what do we look for there? Recession? You look for massive layoffs. That's one of the points that at the World Economic Forum or during the World Economic Forum, uh, Summers was making that the central banks need to, you know, they need to be serious on the, the interest rates and you need to cool down the labor market. Then there's the information that came out with the, uh, the uh, latest unemployment report that said, look, we may be in low unemployment for a long, long time based on the fact that uh, of just the population and the number of jobs required to expand an economy. You know, what it's going to take, we don't have the number of people in the U.S. to do those jobs uh, that it takes to to expand an economy. This is something that uh, then-President Trump was talking about the day that uh, Acosta was kicked out of the room. The, the topic they were talking about, in that moment, in the back and forth, and Acosta did get several questions in. Uh, the media didn't show you that part of it. But if you look at the entire conversation, that's one thing that, that then-President Trump brought up. And that is, we're going to need more people to come here legally because we need that for an expanding economy. And then you see the analysis of the latest unemployment report, and it's like, if we don't get the people... We could be in very low unemployment for a long time, but it not be a good thing. Here's here's a question that that um, you know you, uh, that I had when thinking about GDP growth. We, for example, saw uh, was uh, what was the the last state GDP growth was that for October or November? I forgot what it was. 
uh, or was it for the, the, the fourth quarter or the third quarter it was? Mm. I think yeah, I where, remember. where Texas was like 8% yeah. GDP growth. Mm-hmm. Here is is this going to be, are, are we finally, is the reckoning finally coming for blue states? And this is a serious economic question here mm-hmm. because right. you saw, you I'm sure you saw the uh, story yesterday where over the last couple of years, California actually lost 500,000 people, uh, even though New York lost more. California, yeah, right. California, New York are losing people. Right. And you see the increase in, I think Utah percentage-wise has the most, but numbers-wise, it's Texas. Yeah. Big yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, increase, and, yeah. And, you know, you and I look over the last, I, you know, I, I moved here um, uh, almost uh, 23 years ago, mm-hmm. and the population has grown just in North Texas. Yeah. This is Dallas Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. Like almost probably two and a half to three million. Yeah. It's somewhere yeah. in that figure. I mean, that's yeah. huge numbers. Right. And, you know, you look at most cities and, you know, you look at a city, if you look at Syracuse, Rochester, you know, Buffalo, you look at those cities up there, and I'm just more familiar with them, mm. and you'll see, you know, basically flat growth. Yeah, and right. and probably over the next couple of years they'll be losing. Well, mm. you don't have the people to actually do the jobs, and right. and so I guess my point is that are the states are the uh, are the states like Texas that uh, people believe I can I can do better here? Is this a place where industry and business is going to grow because of the the immigration from? other states yeah that that tens of thousands of people are moving in which means okay we have a labor force new york may not california may not oregon may not Mm -hmm. but texas will yeah and and maybe and and maybe other states i mean uh, florida is more of a consumer you know uh, tourism state but could that change the whole makeup of florida I think it could. I think it could also change, you know, yeah, the the economic base of Florida. Uh, I think it's, it's always going to be a tourism uh, destination. It's just given, you know, the beaches, given the, 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 the parks and everything else. Mm-hmm. But it's very attractive for companies to move there because of the low taxes. This is something that was part of what, uh, very well could be this cycle going on in Texas. You see uh, these companies that want to come here. Um, early on, it was about, all right, we want to save money on on cost of regulation and taxes and everything else. So that's going to help us, and we know that the people will follow. Well, the people did follow. And when they followed, then it's like other corporations looking at it going, well, now we're getting to a point where we can't, you know, keep enough people on the roster and where are the states where we can do that? Where, where are the states right. that are growing? Right. So now it's, you can, that, that is, it completes a cycle, which would only point to continued growth. It would have to be a, a massive economic dirt, uh, a turndown on, you know, on a, on a massive scale uh, for, for that to slow down or, or stop. Uh, it may slow down, but it's, you know, to reverse that is going to be something huge. But I think companies look at it and say, all right, uh, Texas, low taxes, and the people are moving there. 
So now we can go there and compete. You know, the companies that moved here early on during this entire thing uh, came here and you had to attract people not just here, but from out of state. And you had to, you know, you, you had to work to basically compete for the commodity of the worker. And now they can compete on a grand scale. The other companies that haven't moved here yet can make the plans to be here and say, all right, low taxes. And people have already moved there. So it's going to be easier for us to compete. Um, we won't have to offer as many incentives because people have already moved there. There's a huge pool of potential workers already there or moving there, and that's something that's also beneficial. We can jump in midstream here and benefit all across the board. And here's another thing with with the number of – and it's massive when you look at the number of people, you know, moving to to Texas. Now, percentage-wise – you know, I think Utah was number one, but mm-hmm. that's because they do it by percentage. But actual raw numbers, mm-hmm. it's Texas, and the numbers are mind-boggling, the people yeah. coming in. Yeah. Does that also change the fact and the mentality of the worker who, uh, if you're willing to move to get a job, you really don't care whether you're working remote? Yeah. Well, You've yeah. moved. You've yeah. moved because, you know, I want to get a, you know, I, I, I want to be able to get a better job. You know, somewhere else. And you just wonder what that means. And, and when you look at it, and, and here's another th- thought in my mind. You know, tech is now seen. You see it with, you know, all the tech companies. They're laying off. Yeah. And all yeah. of a sudden, the bottom line has become something. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, now the bottom line matters. Mm-hmm. I was watching that the diversity and, you know, the uh, the uh, diversity and equity and uh, is one of the biggest uh, loss of jobs right now that it's like they look and go, well, that's useless. We don't need that. That's right. not about the bottom line anymore. Mm-hmm. When we didn't care about the bottom line and all of a sudden everybody's concerned with the bottom line, even in the tech companies. Mm-hmm. Can you, you know, when you see an Elon Musk moving to, uh, you know, to Texas, when you see companies putting their headquarters uh, in, in, in Texas, I just wonder what you do in a state like California or New York. How do you reverse it? They're yeah. not even attempting to become competitive with with states that have made the decision, we want economic growth. And specifically with Texas, somebody was pointing out the other day, it was a YouTube video I was watching, and they were showing about, you know, North Texas itself. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, North Texas and, you know, maybe like Austin and places like that. They said, well, Houston, you know, you've got the golf boundary, but they said, you look at the potential of growth for, oh, yeah. for North Texas. Yeah. There's yeah. so much land. Yeah. It, I mean, there's just, yeah. it's just, and they just went out, they go, look at this land, and they were comparing it to other cities because it just doesn't exist anywhere else. Right. The, just the availability of land. I mean, you could double the size of Texas and not come, you know, I mean, population. You go from 30 to 60 million people, and still the vast majority of Texas would be untouched. Yeah, that's how big it is. Mm-hmm. And so you look at things like that, which then again gives you a quality of life. I can still I can have a home. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need to live. And you and I talked about it the other day now, how the liberal urban planners and now the climate change people. OK, you can't have a car. You can't have a house. Public transportation, high rise. Yeah, right. And and that's the right. philosophy that you see in California and New York, there is no, I don't sense 
any type of reversal. And if it ever happens, it's going to be sudden because eventually people are going to wake up and go, we can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, how long can you go? You know, I hear people say, I've got some friends in California. Yeah. You know, the people talk about that how beautiful is in California and it's a beautiful state, which it is. It's a beautiful state, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter. I can't enjoy it. I can't afford to enjoy it. So it doesn't matter. Right. If I can't afford to enjoy it and I can't live near it because I can't afford it, what good is it? And yeah. the economic reality, as we talked about, the economic reality of liberalism is hitting across the board on every single issue. All these abstract uh, Nirvana-like uh, projections aren't going to come true. It's going to be the opposite as we and other conservatives have predicted, it's going to be a nightmare. And so you look at it, you know, how is that going to affect the economy over the next 20, 30 years? I'm just fascinated by the economics of it all because people, you and I, one thing we did, we realized early on when we studied economics, you can change, you can manipulate an economy, but you can't change economics. Right. And economics shows places like Texas are going to boom. Yeah. That's it. And it's yeah. not a, oh, you guys are from Texas and that must be your Texas pride or whatever. And nothing to do with that. It has to do with economics. Mm-hmm. How do people respond to incentive? There's no incentive to stay in California. Tell me what the incentive is to stay in New York, except I can't afford to get out. And other states. I mean, here's the thing, too, is that if you look at major like tech companies, uh, you know, they're they're doing the layoffs and they're reevaluating uh, you've had major tech companies, including Microsoft and Google, that have that are basically paring down their square footage and the acreage that they bought to expand in other states, including Georgia. Um, they're looking at that. They have put the brakes on those types of moves. And so while Georgia is a red state and may come with its own tax benefits, you have to ask the question, all right, what else? Would they look at? Well, in making a move, you're going to look at the talent pool that's available. And one of the things that is not really promoted about the state of Texas is that it has a massive talent pool for tech workers, qualified, experienced tech workers. And so it becomes a it, and, and that's part of that cycle of other companies moving here. Uh, Austin has been I don't know. The, the growth in Austin has been insane. And, you know, you, you look at, uh, North Texas, as you mentioned, and that's, those are the things they look at. We need a break on the taxes, but we need the workers. We need the qualified workers. And where are those going to be? And those questions are being answered and you see it by the moves that companies are making. 86690 Red Eye. Surviving and thriving as an owner operator has just as much to do with managing costs as it does with generating revenue. Understanding basic principles of operating costs can save you thousands of dollars a year. Costs are not the same each month. If 9,600 miles are driven one month and 10,000 miles the next, two different sets of costs apply for each month. For example, if your tractor payment is $1,850 per month and you drive 9,600 miles in the month, your tractor payment is costing you 19.3 cents per mile. Drive 10,000 miles, though, and that same payment will cost you 18.5 cents per mile. This is one of your major fixed costs while paying off a truck loan. The difference in this example is only a fraction of a cent, which may seem like small change, but it ultimately amounts to $960 more annually on the bottom line. Because though fixed costs do not go down over time, 
you can reduce your cost per mile with more paid miles. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the -the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. Yeah, so in 2022, Southern states grew the the uh, the, the fastest census uh, uh, data shows. I mean, it was pretty massive. I think it was over a million net. And and you think and and you know we talk about Texas because we're here, and so we're familiar with the landscape and what's happened over the last 20 years. But you brought up Georgia. You think about North Carolina, uh, and you know you you talk about the fact that one of the things that companies are looking for. And it's more important before is a trained labor force. And you mentioned about Texas and tech workers that actually you can find them here. And even if you can find them here, plenty of people are willing to move if there's actually a job here. And I just wonder, you know, maybe over the next 10 years, you'll see a ton of growth here. But what over the next 50 years, you know, you see this movement now to the south, unless the reds, the excuse me, the blue states decide to become competitive and they haven't been they mm. they've basically said we can survive in our own little bubble you can't yeah right you have to be competitive you can't sit there and say we're going to run a monopoly and nobody's going to leave here because we're california or new york right it doesn't work right. economics doesn't work that way but right. you wonder what will a louisiana be and a mississippi mm. be mm. and an arkansas be for example i mean what will that kind of growth be there uh, in those states if people are willing to move more than ever before. And I wonder that the long-term uh, consequences of the COVID lockdowns, where yeah. on on, yeah. A, on a generation over a period of like two years, it's, you know, and they're 2021 20, and they're like, when I get the money, I'm going to get out. 
Yeah. There are places that are just, you know, better for me. Right. It's really going to be interesting to see where we go over the next couple of decades. The IRS, the world's most aggressive collection agency. They can seize your property, bank account, and garnish your wages. They cause sleepless nights for millions of Americans. Don't be one of them. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, get protected today. Call 800-312-9970. Coast One Tax Group, protecting your bank, home, and your sleep since 2008. With hundreds of five-star reviews and an A-plus on the Better Business Bureau. Call Coast One Tax Group, 800-312-9970. Threat to Democracy if you don't download our app, Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. And the other thing I'm thinking of, and we're just we're talking just the the retail numbers out there and the economy in general and uh, migration across the 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 United States because you know what we what we've seen over the last year, especially people moving to the South, and uh, yeah, they claim it's one of the first times this has happened in the history of the country. This type of movement, and you look at it, and so you look at that major movement, and people talk about the number of people going into Texas. But remember, people going into Utah. What was it? The Utah didn't the Utah governor the other day tell people from California don't come here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but when yeah. you when you look at because we're talking, okay, people that may come from California to Texas, New York to Texas. But what about the number of people? You know, you and, you and I paid attention to the number of counties in Oregon that want to secede, saying yeah. we, we just yeah. we can't do it. Now, they're rural counties. But the fact is, and, and again, if you're, in, if you're in agriculture, it's tough to move. Yeah. But others right. that live, for example, in, uh, in, in Oregon, and, you know, they look, they, they look upon Idaho – as a you know, as a much freer place to go, yeah. And so I just really wonder over the next couple of decades, you know, what will happen there, and how much everything, and you know, it all depends on the individual. I mean, I I know from myself that what I what we saw in in COVID was completely and totally unacceptable. Yeah, you know, I was thinking, yeah. I was uh, thinking the other day when I saw somebody said. You realize that you know we kept people from you know going to see their their relatives in the hospital, and I keep you know I just I don't think about it much, but I was one of those. Yeah, I couldn't go see my mom. My mom right. died, and I had a you know, I talked to my mom the last couple of days, you know, with a with a, a basically a nurse in a hazmat suit or my sister in a hazmat suit because they wouldn't allow anybody else in. Right, you know, basically on a on an iPad. Yeah, is how I, and and so. You know, you th- you think about those type of emotional, sh- and they are emotional shocks. You deal with that, you know, it's because it's yeah. just not, yeah. it, it's it's not normal. And how many people that happen to, and how many people look and go, I don't want to be in that state. I don't want to do that. I mean, there's there's more than just economic reasons to do it, even though economics most likely, for the most part, is is the is the strongest thing, is the strongest incentive for people to move. Because yeah, right. 
economics is what gives you the ability to do the things that you want in life. You right. get to, you got a good job, you save money, boom, you get to control more of your life. People may not think about that a lot, but they understand it. Instinct <laughs> lets them know, uh, the more money I make, the better off I'm going to, uh, you know, going to be. You and I always talk about capitalism and the beauty of capitalism because that's the goal. It's such a pure goal. And the goal is to acquire wealth. So you and nobody else can decide where you go in life. That's mm-hmm. a simple concept that people understand. Yep, yep. You're losing that in California. You're losing that in places like New York. You're losing that in places like Illinois. By the way, we may, we may not hit every state in, in this discussion here. I'm sure well, you guys didn't mention this state. You understand the general point that we're trying to make. Well, and and you're losing it because the parties, the party in charge. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't want you to have that independence. In California, uh, the Democrats hate the idea of people being independent contractors. Because yeah. if you yep. are, if you go out and yep. you grow your own business, you, you achieve that wealth on your own. It's, you know, it's, it's one thing to, to be wealthy and move to California. It's another thing to be, you know, uh, in a job situation. And in typical middle class, and then you take on maybe a side gig in the gig economy, and then all of a sudden you realize, okay, wait a minute, if I do this right, in fact, I, I know a guy who did this in the trucking industry, and he's in California. And they're looking to reverse the legislation that basically does away with contractors um, because it's going to kill his business. And the idea is that if you're doing your business plan right and you're in the right field and it's got to be a lucrative field, um, then you're going to see that kind of growth. Well, when you see that growth as an independent, it doesn't matter if you're trying to be the next Elon Musk or just make a, you know, sizable income for your family, uh, or an added income for your family. Those things have meaningful impact on how people think. And the Democrats don't want you to have that. They don't want you to have that independent mindset. You need to work for somebody else. That's ludicrous. And what you see, I think, since since COVID, um, is that you see a lot of companies saying, okay, we can't be productive with people working off-site anymore. We're not maximizing and we're not expanding, you know, because if you look at anything, innovation requires creativity. Creativity is nurtured when you've got multiple people under one roof mm-hmm. working together toward that same target. Occasionally, some, but that creative mind will come in and lead a company in innovation. And a Steve Jobs uh, could be one example um, you might uh, uh, throw in an Elon Musk. But it really does require, though, even in those cases, it requires a creative force in order to bring about new innovation. You know, you look at companies like Apple and you say to yourself, okay, where's the expansion? Where's the next, uh, you know, how do you get off the plateau that they've hit in in phone technology and everything else? What is the next big step, Right. And in technology, that's a huge question. And the person that's, that, that is able to successfully, uh, uh, tap into that and bring about new innovation that improves our lives to the point that you bring about that demand for whatever that technology is, 
whether it's hardware, software, or all the above, is going to be the person or the company, rather, that expands in a great way like Apple did as a result of the innovation with the iPhone. These are things that, you know, that those companies, and right now, the very simple uh, short-term goal is to, we need to be able to stay above water and be productive so that we can have that investment into that innovation uh, at all times in order to tap into whatever we believe is going to be the next thing that creates that kind of demand. No, you, you, you make a great point because you, you talk about innovators and, and people that create and, and, you know, where you are, you know, where you are and the mindset of, of where you are. Now, the people that want to create, uh, I believe always exist out there, irrespective of what's going on in government. Now, there's a ton of people that, you know, wake up and their, their culture is, uh, I, I want to work nine to five. I want to have a family. I want to golf mm-hmm. on the weekends, whatever. Yep. Nothing wrong with that. Right. Yeah. And no, right. I mean, yeah. I'm, that, that's right. the, the choices, but right. then you have the innovators and the creators. And, and when you were talking about that, I started thinking of Elon Musk, but even I went right to Seinfeld and I saw mm-hmm. an interview with Seinfeld the other day where he said, once he got up on stage, it's all he wanted to do. He said, right. I just want to be one of those people, no matter what it takes. I want to be one of those people. Nothing else got in. He said, a family didn't matter. Nothing mattered at all. I just wanted to do this. Mm-hmm. And I didn't care if I made any money doing it. I just wanted to do it. And you look at, you know, you go back and you look at the Edisons. You look at these, these people were, they wanted to work. Yeah. You know, they right. wanted to work. They wanted to invent. They wanted to, uh, they wanted to uh, create. And so you can look at an Elon Musk and I can name a ton of other people out there. And you sit there and you realize why don't these people just sell all their stock and sit on vacation and, uh, you know, have, uh, have, have, uh, wild parties and, you know, and just sit back and enjoy themselves on their private planes or whatever? You know, why are they so driven? Well, that's because that's what their personality is. It's how they got to where it's, they are in the first place how, because they, they right. don't stop. It becomes who a part of, part of they are now, a, a, a part of who they are. Now, can you stifle, can you sit there, if you're living in a California that's, and I think you may, you are the one that made that point, I think, more clear than anybody else I know. You took the gig economy and made it more than just an economic or a union kind of, you know, a union kind of argument. You made it into a, I think, a a cultural argument and a freedom argument which was great because nobody has made that that case and i think that is a great part of what's going on they don't want people to be independent they actually don't want small business people who get to choose what they do in 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 life there is this thing from liberalism that wants to control every aspect of your life through the tax system and we've talked about that before income tax wealth tax and how the government gets involved in so much and that gets to the other thing that it is about it is part of of a political mindset that you would probably see more in a conservative or a libertarian but it is that sense and i know you have it and i have it without question mm-hmm. it's that sense leave me the hell alone yeah right that exists i think in so many americans out there and i think that leave me the hell alone to go do that i want i think the creators also have part of that mindset and you wonder yeah in, which is my point right in, right in tech 
the, the, the those who are the creative force uh, have that independent mindset. Now, you know, it requires them to work with other people, but they each have if you if you were to break it down in, in the tech industry. And I've seen this happen. Um, my wife is part of that. And I've watched her work. And it's pretty amazing to watch when there is a need for something. And then all of a sudden they develop something in, in, in fairly short form. You know, for me, it's it's foreign. They're speaking a totally different language, but they develop something. It's like, OK, I set this up and and now I've got this and, and here I'm going to send it across and we'll use this to do this. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, that's the kind of creativity. But it drives a it is driven by a a a a not just a creative nature in the, in the individual, but also that that independence in that individual in that they see themselves as someone who wants to solve that puzzle. Maybe they're not doing it on the level of an Elon Musk, but they're doing it on a pretty incredible level. And that's how innovation then expands an economy. And we've seen that happen. But will they be more likely now over the next couple of decades to say, I don't want to live in the culture of California because I do look at any Elon Musk and I'll even take a Joe Rogan. Yeah. I guarantee if you talk to them, they'll say, yeah, the culture is a little bit different, even in even if they're in and around Austin. <laughs> if you're talking about the entrepreneur in yeah. Austin, they may be different than the defund the police person in 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 Austin. And definitely they are. And I noticed it. One of the reasons, you know, when I moved to Texas, I did notice you sense more than any other place that I've ever lived before, a sense of independence that exists that you can go do whatever the hell you want. Nobody's going to laugh at you. Nobody's going to judge you. Mm-hmm. That's what you do here. And and you may want to well, you may want to call it the the, the you know, it's the cowboy mentality. Mm-hmm. Call it whatever you want. But it is about independence. It's about autonomy. It's about creation. It's about inventiveness. Yeah. And right. and I just wonder if you know how that will change for people because of COVID and everything else where people felt like in a lot of these states, like I don't, I'm not in control of my life anymore. Well, for the innovator and creator, that's something that they want to move away from. Right. And, and I'm just using, again, there's probably a lot of people we've never heard of who did the same thing, but Elon Musk, Rogan, two of them that moved from California to Texas. Is that part of the reason? Well, and you know, that uh, CNN article uh, that had the, uh, information about uh, Google and, and Facebook and, and Microsoft, you know, uh, basically hitting the brakes on many plans to expand in other states. They talk about it here. San Francisco, whose fortunes are tied to Silicon Valley more than any other city, is showing signs of strain from the one-two punch of the shift to remote work and office closures. They're seeing an office uh, uh, vacancy rate as high as at a record of 27.6%. That's massive for San Francisco. So the question is, what's happening? Where where are the people going? Not everybody's working from home. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Join the conversation using the Shell Rotella hotline, 866-907-3339. Red Eye Radio at Shell Rotella. What matters is inside.
Eric and Gary for the Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier. This is the time to get one, Gary. The BOGO is back. Buy one, get one. You're going to love your Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier. It destroys. It's Friday Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE, if you'd like to uh, get into the uh, uh, the show. So, yeah, just really interesting as to, you know, w- what the movement is going to be of, of people in this country over probably, you know, you say the next, you know, 50 years. But even over the next, because uh, I think that a lot of the experts were surprised how quickly some of the movement has happened in this country, how people have yeah. moved, especially to the south. And but but I'm not I'm not because you when you take the the economic situation right now, when you take where liberalism has gone mm. uh, in these these states and the anti-business uh, climate out there and you take covid on top of it, which was unprecedented. People mm-hmm. never yeah. experienced anything like that. What do you think's going to happen? Yeah, it's bound to happen. Yeah. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and uh, good morning. Thanks so much for uh, uh, being here. Well, that uh, train derailment in Ohio mm. has uh, certainly uh, hit into the uh, uh, in the news. Uh, Buttigieg, you saw that, blaming Trump yesterday. Yeah, yeah of course. For the uh, uh, derailment because, uh, as they uh, write here, uh, he noted Tuesday evening that his agency has taken a series of steps to improve rail safety through historic investments, uh, but said it was constrained by the Trump administration. In 2018, the Department of Transportation withdrew a rule proposed three years earlier uh, requiring trains carrying certain dangerous chemicals to utilize electronically controlled pneumatic brakes, saying the technology's benefits were inconclusive in the wake of the East Palestine derailment and its impact on hundreds of residents. We're seeing lots of newfound and renewed and welcome interest in our work on rail safety. So I want to share more about what we've been doing on this. And because we were constrained by law in some of the areas. Well, I just went through the NTSB. Nobody is saying that the lack of pneumatic brakes was the cause of this derailment. Yeah, I haven't seen anywhere yet. They're okay. looking at an overheated wheel bearing. Right. Yeah. So it's just. I didn't pay attention for this for 10 days. I didn't mention it until I was forced to mention it, until basically I was called out by it, you know, by the the, the critics of what's going on and the distrust from the community there that just doesn't, you know, because the officials, you know, the the environmental officials have said, well, everything's good to go, and many Mm -hmm. people don't believe it. Right. 
Now, what the actual truth is, I don't know. And what actually causes derailment, we'll wait for the NTSB. But as the NTSB said, we have nothing to do with the air quality. That's, you know. Right. That's, you know, the the state and federal environmental people there. Right. We have nothing to do with it. But when I saw that Buttigieg blames Trump, it's like, well, what's specific? Yeah, and this is where you have to get into specifics. Well, he passed a law that, well, did it have anything to do with the accident? Right. I don't see it here. I. And it's just like, okay, Buttigieg, I've got nothing. Blame Trump. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, as you mentioned, he was nowhere to be found. And then all of a sudden, and I guess maybe he was looking for uh, some way to tie Trump to it all that time. But the fact of the matter is um, he is highly underqualified for the job of transportation secretary. Yep. And... Uh, you know, we can talk about things like agenda items of, well, let's change this and change this in terms of regulation. But when something like this happens, when you know, and, and it makes the news, you got to go back and you got to look for answers. Well, the NTSB, uh, in terms of their investigations, they're probably the most trusted organization of its kind. And I mean, all over the world. They're, you, you and I've talked about it before. They're probably one of the last politically untainted organizations yeah. in the federal government. Right. Yeah. And let's hope it stays that way. Yeah. Because when you start reading language and reports and, you know, that, that, that sounds political, you'll know, I guess. But you see, uh, what they, what they do as investigators and, Let's have them put the pieces of the puzzle together. But, of course, Mayor Pete can't wait to jump on it. You know, to, uh, oh, I found something I can blame Trump for. And as soon as he finds that, boom. He is completely and totally unqualified. He is completely totally. in over his head he in that job. He's completely clueless. Yep. What was he talking about the other day when he gave the speech? What was it? We mentioned it. I can't remember. Mm. It oh, it was just... Yeah, I don't because remember. because he was criticized. You're talking about that and not mm. not the derailment. Not the, you derailment. never meant right. the der- and that's when the criticism. Right. You know, after that, that's when it was like started. Right. You know, pounding. You know, the thing is, so you, when you when you look at this right now, the <laughs> this is why we said the Republicans need to to attack the uh, the you know attack on on the the issue of race and be on the offensive against the Democrats. When you think about this over the last couple of days, the Republicans have come out as the environmentalist concern about what happened there. And the Democrats, we don't care. Right. That's been the perception. Right. On on an environmental issue. Well, that's how incompetent this administration is. Yeah. Look, uh, your transportation secretary should be taking the lead there. Instead of talking about something else, an agenda item, you should be taking the lead in making a statement. And you bring on, by the way, you bring on other people if you're going to make a, if you're going to have a presser on it. You bring on other people that that can answer questions uh, early on uh, to the extent possible. But you take the lead. Well, they don't care to do that. (laughs) It, It brings, again, it brings up the question, who's in charge? Well, Mayor Pete has the title, but I can't tell you who's actually in charge in any of the departments.
than we see this over and over again throughout this administration. I mean, it's just, it really is maddening. It really is maddening. And you look for answers and, mm, nope, you get more agenda items. We'll talk more about climate change. And these are the things that, you know. Oh, I know what it was mm-hmm. when when he was talking about criticizing uh, too many white construction workers. Oh, yeah, 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 that yeah. Was, and then he got black. You're talking about something like that. You're you're and bringing who up was a it that ra- responded. Andrew McCarthy or somebody responded. It was a- said, Andrew McCarthy says, yeah, there's there's one one too many white, white men as in as the tra- yeah as transportation secretary right it's like, exactly wow, that was great yeah <laughs> did you see the, the babylon b mm. uh alan omar no longer cares about east palestine because she found out it was in america <laughs> yeah saw that yesterday it was brutal yeah like, oh yeah man. yeah that was brutal that was well, brutal you know i mean look uh, the the reality is is that they're still holding the line, the Democratic Party, on on elections, and they're still winning elections. But how much longer can they maintain the confidence of the American people? You know, I I think what you look at when when Democrats and we brought you the polls yesterday, but there have been polls that have been done for quite a while. I'd say at least a year that show most Democrats don't really want Biden to run again. Yeah, yeah. We went over some of them yesterday. And and for many of them, I I have to believe that that is in part because they know Biden is destroying all credibility for their party going forward. Now, we believe that the party is destroying their own credibility – with their agenda items, which he's absolutely on board with and leading the party in. But I think a lot of them believe, oh, my gosh, you know, we're getting we're getting out here politically and, and credibility wise, we're getting killed. I think one of the reasons that Nikki Haley decided this was the time to run is she's looking at it. She probably and and her campaign people or political analysts are probably looking at it and saying okay the public has had enough of complete incompetence and lies from the democratic side but from the republican side it's time that we get away from the boastful strong male Mm. and a woman moderate Mm. which still compared to the democrats is extremely conservative Mm -hmm. that's the niche especially if Trump doesn't make it through because of no I, I think you're I think you're honest I, 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 I think that's be. I think I don't think that's where the Republican Party is at for the nomination right but it would but be, are, but are but do it they would, want more of that within it, the party it would be interesting to see for example if a and I don't believe you'll see this but hypothetically if you had right now uh, a Nikki Haley as the Republican candidate running against kamala harris yeah yeah or a joe biden yeah you know how how would women respond you know to her now we've already seen the attacks on her 
just like the attacks on DeSantis, as we've seen. I mean, my God, I mean, they're just they're just over the top, and they have to back off on them constantly. You saw who was it on the View last week? Misstated completely. She had to get on there and apologize again by on the View. Had to apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess Whoopi went crazy yesterday when Nikki Haley announced. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. But again, that's a show where they have to have the lawyers in real time paying attention so <laughs> they they don't face a lawsuit. And think about this. For anybody who watches The View, they've got lawyers paying attention in real time because they believe that the women on The View are so incredibly irresponsible with their falsehoods and lies that they're afraid of a defamation lawsuit at any moment. And so what we've seen in the last year is after they've said something, a commercial break happens, and they have to read a statement that comes from the lawyers. They have to be constantly monitored by lawyers for the network because they can't trust them. Now, if they wanted people like me to watch The View, here's what I would suggest. You put in a segment, daily segment, apology and correction of the day. (laughs) Now, here's how it would work. Borrow from the price is right, and you have a wheel (laughs) with everyone's name on it, and then you spin the wheel. Now, Whoopi's name would be on there several times because she's the chief moderator, head moderator, lead moderator, highest paid moderator, whatever. Uh, So her name would be on the wheel like three times, right? But then you spin it. And then they decide who's going to have to, of course, they reach out and stop it on the uh, more right-leaning conservative uh, name. But this is this is where, you know, it, and you, I've, I've been asking for a long time. Who's watching the show? Who's who's where's the appeal for that? Because they're, you know, I have to believe that. Some of the people watching are watching for the train wreck. They're watching to see what kind of garbage they'll spew out. I don't, that's not an appeal for me. I. It's predictable. And it's in part because of what I do here. But there are people that will look for a train wreck. Oh man, we've we got to watch this. What are they? What are what are they going to say today? And you see it time and time again. Their overreaction to just about everything, based on ignorance. You know, it'd be one thing if you had a panel of people who had the experience in life that could bring something to the table, but I guess that would be too boring. <laughs> no train wreck, no audience. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. as we said before, tell me one other person that could have the number of anti-Semitic statements on any major network and still be on the air. I mean, it's Whoopi's incredible. The, Whoopi's the only one. It's amazing. She's. Yeah. I'm convinced she's going to be there as long as she wants to be there, Yeah, regardless of what she says. And so the solution is to always have lawyers watching in real time yeah. to protect the network yeah. from the defamatory comments that could come out at any time from the host of The View. 
because we saw it. Yeah. That's when we realized, right. oh, my God, they've got lawyers there. Because remember, she said something, and then they took a break. They came back, and she had a, she had the statement already. Mm-hmm. Well, lawyers wrote that statement. Yeah. They're in the control room monitoring on the fly. Wow. Yeah. And Whoopi gets to stay, regardless of what she says. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as long as we have the lawyers there, where they can I correct guess, her immediately. I guess so. Think about it. I, I would be so embarrassed. I'd be oh, so. Yeah. But they have no shame because they're political oh, no, activists. They're no, political yeah, activists. Yeah. So they don't care. Whoopi doesn't care if she lies. No. She doesn't care. Oh. The network cares if somebody can prove she's defaming them. So that's why they always, you know, correct the statements mid shows. Mm-hmm. Think about how embarrassing that is. <laughs> Imagine being a, well, we are professional broadcasters and you, sorry guys, you got lawyers in real time. So anytime, by the way, after the bottom of the hour, you'll have to read a statement for correcting what you said for the last half hour. Coming up, how our em- apology of the day. How embarrassing. <laughs> Seriously, imagine having, that, that's so embarrassing. Yeah, it is. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Energy prices also coming up here. Digital video viewing will top traditional TV in the United States this year. See that one? Yeah. Um, wow. That was bound to happen. You know, I, I think it's interesting because, you know, the sensibility of the consumer of entertainment, all of us, uh, has changed in that, you know, it used to be appointment TV, right? Um, that's why on things like the state of the union, you had a captive audience. Oh man, I want my primetime lineup. So I got to wait until the president is done. And, you know, in today's world though, you go and you seek out when and what you want to watch. And it was bound to happen. And I think with the cost of, you know, cable and, and satellite and people cutting the cord more and more, um, that that's just going to be the thing. Also, Reuters reporting that uh, Biden plans to give a speech as early as today uh-huh. that will represent his most extensive remarks yet about the Chinese balloon and the three other objects that were shot down. Well, you have members of his own party saying he needs to say something. Yeah, we'll get to that story. John Tester saying he's got to say something. Mm-hmm. He just can't let this thing go. Yeah. Tester, and, one and, of the Democrats, by the way, who's up for reelection next yep. year, too. So, you know, you look at that and, but again, yeah, he does. Again, he's only, re- as, you know, you said it the other day, you said everything has been a political reaction. Mm-hmm. Every behavior of this president is a political reaction. Nothing is because, okay, I'm coming out and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to nip this in the bud myself. Right. right. I'm going to lead here. Everything is a reaction. Now it's almost as if, He's being, you know, dragged out. Okay, the pressure is there. I guess I have to say something. Now, they say speech, which means not a press conference where you take questions. You make a speech. You turn around. You walk off. You take yep. no questions. Right. 
And I would suggest they do it from the Oval Office where the camera fades and he doesn't have a turnaround because the image of his back to the American people has been played out too many times. If I'm advising, you have him sitting down, reading from a prompter, make it short, sweet, to the point, and then fade to black, and he's out. Yeah, because he might, he five minutes in, he might be on climate change. Oh, my gosh. And, you don't and, want him to stray and, from and, and anything. Pre- yeah. And President G. Right. Yeah. It, those are the, you know, the, that's the disaster waiting to happen at any moment. Yeah. Who wants she's balloon? Yeah. Uh, wants Nobody. It. Nobody I, wants it. I, name one. Name one. <laughs> one person. Uh, these, but those are all of everything that basically you've got to do to get this guy to, to say something. It was that way with Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Not going to bother him on vacation, Jack. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Call in and get a word in edgewise. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. Did you see that uh, the homeless encampments now? Here's the headline. Chicago's O'Hare suffers dystopian nightmare with growing homeless encampments. Yeah. Uh. O'Hare, of course, one of the busiest airports in the world, but critics are calling it a dystopian nightmare due to the growing number of homeless people flocking there. The number of homeless people have been steadily growing in the terminal facilities, leaving many concerned for the safety of travelers and airport employees alike as uh, squalid uh, shelters and sleeping uh, vagrants have been springing up all around the airport, especially in the lower concourses. Yeah. Hmm. One image posted to Twitter shows a garbage-strewn section of the hallway adjacent to the baggage pickup area on the lower levels of the terminal. Wow. Hmm. Just look at yeah, that. Just um, say is, you know, you, you look at these, and, and we, we talked in you know, we've, we've talked a lot about the difference between Democrats and Republicans now, but, you know, when you have, uh, when you had Sarah Huckabee Sanders come out and say, Look, it's not even right versus left anymore. Mm. It's normal versus crazy. Mm-hmm. And that there's a great point there. Then you look across the board, the crime in the city. You know, you look at, you know, we we talked about uh, Joe Gaga, Lady Gaga's father. Mm-hmm. It's not his name really, by the way. Yeah, his last name isn't really Gaga. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, his complaints, it's like, you know, it, it's the, the, the New York City is going to hell. 
Yeah. You know, there's right. there's po- illegal pod shops on every corner. There's garbage all over the place, homeless all all, all over the place. The crime is is through the roof. Uh, and and people just aren't coming in. If you don't live in New York City, all of his customers that used to come in, you know, from the surrounding areas aren't coming in anymore. Yeah. And you just look at it, and it is, you know, what I I guess in any the first thing that you would ask when you talk about any political party is what is your point? And I know that we're we're in the day and age in 2023 when a political party's point is not to have a point, the forward party. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, we we want to form a party for people that don't want to have a party that takes a stand on the issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, that's you. You join a group. Any group you join is because you have particular values that you wish to promote and participate in. Right. Yeah. If yeah. it's a, if it's a cooking club, we want to cook. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a baking club. We want to bake. If it's a gun club, we want to shoot. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. I mean, any type of club. If it's a political party, well, I just want to. I just want to join for the social activities. <laughs> oh, what are you going to do? Well, we'll drink a lot. <laughs> but, but when you look at the Democratic Party, what is the point? What is the point of the Democratic Party in 2023? Well, you know, it's funny because we asked this question going into the 2020 election. Uh, we, I think we probably asked it in every major presidential election uh, in recent years. What are they promising? The one thing about hope and change and why it worked, beyond the euphoria of electing the first black president, Hope and change fit a different, basically, uh, idea for everybody that was buying into it. What did hope and change mean to any person? Well, get 100 people in a room, and they'll give you 100 different answers. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happened. Hope and change. Well, I would say to that extent, um, and, and... you know, because of the way it was phrased and used. Make America Great Again worked a little bit in that direction, but it really was about the economy just based on who Donald Trump was. Right. And so, you know, that was something that, you know, you looked at, and, of course, the left wanted to take it mean, uh, to mean, uh, and they wanted you to believe, well, uh, you know, this is, this is somebody who um, hates anything that is not, uh, of or from uh, America, and this is about hatred and bigotry. Well, the fact of the matter is, is that and, and segregation and, and Jim segregation Crow laws, and all of that. You know that again. And they and and they had to make up these things as they, you know, including Charlottesville. They had mm-hmm. to leave out the entire statement in order to make their point. They had to they had to edit along the way. So you ask again, and heading into twenty four, what is the Democratic Party promising? How is it that they want to improve your, your life. life? Because, you know, we bring in Lady Gaga's father. Uh, and he, when he was talking about what's going on with his business, and there's not as many people coming in to the city, that's that's accurate, and it's on a, a pretty uh, significant scale. You're seeing that in other major areas, including San Francisco. 
and we talk about crime, and he he was talking about that, but you also talk about homelessness and and what the what people who work there and live there and then tourists who go there have to encounter on the streets every day. Tell me what's attractive. If you put the truth, the ups and downs, pros and cons about major blue cities like New York City and San Francisco in a brochure for travel or for employers to hire people to come there, then what would it say? How attractive would it really be? Well, you don't have to have the brochure. You can look at the numbers. The number of people leaving states like California and New York. That's part of it. It's not just about, man, I need to get a job somewhere else. It's, I don't want to live this way. My family isn't safe. I was watching a podcast with a an otherwise liberal comedian. Moved from L.A. to Austin and said the great thing about Texas is that if I feel like I need to, I can protect myself. Yeah. And that was surprising for me to hear on that podcast, knowing who the comedian is and knowing the liberal bent and and his work as a comedian and everything else. And I thought, wow, that was that was the first thing he talked about. But then again, doesn't that go back to. The fact that my personal autonomy and yeah. uh, myself as an individual right. is what is most important because that gets directly to the fact that I can protect my own life, right. which nothing right. goes to autonomy more than that, which is survival. I have I have the last say yes. in my survival. Right. And and in my livelihood. If you think about comedians and yes, and, and right. what's been going on with them, mm-hmm. um, and he moved to Austin, and Austin right now is exploding in stand-up comedy. I mean, it's just incredible to to look and the growth of the city overall. Same thing, and you look at that, and you you say to yourself, "Well, what's the attraction?" Well, I do have that autonomy. I have that ability. I have that liberty, that freedom. I have those choices that I can make. And I'm not being held down by uh, state laws that make my family and myself less safe. That uh, would say that, because if you think about it, stand-up comedy. Uh, Remember the law that was in place for a while until it was struck down. If you use the wrong pronoun, you could spend up to a year in jail. That had the potential to go after stand-up comics well, in California. Yeah, but that law was for state employees only. No, no. I, I, that's that's why I phrased it that way. It had the potential. Right. If you're going to put one in place, then how does it not go further and stop people on stage from saying using oh, the wrong eventually pronouns. it would because exactly. that's where they're headed we see we've seen it in canada exactly excuse and, me canadia yeah and and so you so you look you look at all that and you have to ask yourself all right wait a minute how crazy is it getting if they were willing to write that law and actually defend it by saying, well, yeah, the law exists, but we're, we're really not going to put anybody well, in jail. Well, well, well then why write the law? They were trying to have it both ways. Yeah. 
Uh, we'll put you in jail. Are you going to put somebody in jail? We won't put you in jail. Then why'd you write the law? That had the potential of growing into something that would control right. everybody. And just so you know, the Supreme Court of California struck it down and said it's right un- unconstitutional by the California Constitution. Right, so. right. And rightly so. Yeah. But it, but it, it sets the tone for the mindset. Am I going to live in a state that is going to be governed by this mindset? Over and over again. They're not done with their agenda. No. So where, where do I go? I need to go where I have that autonomy, where I have the liberty and freedom. And I think that's why you're seeing a migration. I don't think it's just about jobs. I think it is about people saying, you know what? I can have my open opinion and I can be many, I can li- be liberal on many things, but I'm, I don't want to be controlled. And I think the shutdown with COVID and over and over again, the hypocrisy from the blue leaders, you got to wear a mask. I don't. You got to stay at home. I don't. I think that really ramped things up and gave them a concentrated dose of liberal government, extreme government that they probably didn't think was ever going to happen. And now they see it and say, okay, no more of that. Because you're seeing this post-COVID. You're seeing this happen because states like Florida and Texas were sooner to open up. Remember the criticism to, of AOC towards Florida and mm. everything else to, right in the middle of COVID. And then her and her boyfriend are down there yeah. in Florida, yeah. not wearing a mask and right. enjoying. It's right. Like, oh, my God. You're it's killing like, people. You're killing people. Next thing you know, she's I know she's down in Florida hanging out where freedom right. allowed her to do that. The interesting thing is I'm sure some people, uh, even Democrats, were offended by it. But the elite Democrats don't seem at all caught up in the hypocrisy, you know, the climate change hypocrisy that exists all over the place with the yeah. private jets. They don't care. Right. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter to them. It's it's like the narrative, whether the narrative is true or not, is the only thing that matters to them. And whether anybody who promotes that narrative actually follows it is not a big deal. So, again, I get back to the original point, which is on the Democratic Party. What's the point? Why do you exist? What are you promoting right. for the benefit of all people? Right. And you may you may have some you may have some answers. I bet you we could defeat every argument. Right. You know, and 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 that's it. Uh and and what are they going to do? What does their convention in 24 look like? What are they promising? What's the Democratic Party promising to the American people? That isn't about going after somebody, whether it's their opposition or corporations or the rich. Since since I mentioned, uh, uh, you know, uh, AOC and her response to the Super Bowl commercial, then we brought that up yesterday. uh, And then the FBI having to rescind that letter uh, about that they had to worry about traditionalist Catholics. They had to pull that letter because that's the whole point. What they're getting to there is, okay. If you're pro-life, even if you're a traditionalist Catholic, and I just love how the the indications of a traditional Catholic that may be a danger to society 
is someone who believes in the Latin mass. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. It's what the hell? You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, I, I would uh, expect that they need to, they need to get back to booing God at the DNC again. <laughs> <laughs> that will seem less radical than where yeah. they are now. Yes. 866 90 Red Eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. The first time this year, digital viewing will top traditional TV in the United States. We'll get to that. Some of the sticker shock in California on uh, uh, natural gas mm. uh, uh, prices and energy prices. Mm-hmm. And, wow, do you see the reporter who got uh, caught on a hot mic talking about DeSantis? Mm. Oh, it's great. Yeah. We'll get to that story. And ex-CNN anchor Chris Cuomo says the firing consumed him. Quote, I was going to kill everybody, including myself. Wow. Mm. Boy, I'm telling you, no self-awareness there at all. Yeah. None. I, Absolutely yeah. none. Wow. No. Well, they're not self-awareness, but maybe psychopathness. <laughs> yeah. It just, yeah, it makes you wonder. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that coming up. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Hey, that's part one of our show. Don't miss the rest. Click part two on our website, redeyeradioshow.com, or Red Eye Radio phone app to hear the rest of the show. And thanks for listening to Red Eye Radio. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.